Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and boy, do we have a treat for you today. We have a guest who's going to share his story of physical struggle and the way God used it for good, as he does, right? And you're going to love it. I just know you will. And I'm going to share the importance of just showing up. (laughs) Oftentimes, that's more than half the battle. So joining me in the studio this morning is David Rutledge. Welcome, David. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me here, and thank you, Mitchell, for giving up your chair so I could be here today. <laughs> he always says he doesn't mind a bit. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's all good. So, yeah. well, welcome to downtown Cahutta. Boy, I love it here. I'm just I'm just really thinking back. I could have sworn it'd be a little bit busier than that, but I just love it right here. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's a great place. We love it. Yeah. For sure. Well, the big elephant in the room. Now, for, for people who listen to Thursday night, right? Right. If you're somebody who listens Thursday night, you've, you probably, then you know who David is. But you see him chime in with these really odd uh, comments occasionally on Thursday nights. Right. Yeah. Those comments you and I know very well. Yeah. Because they're typically related to a, an, an old rock group called Rush. Right. And we're both, both big Rush fans, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I appreciate those comments. And everyone, yeah. like I said, I'm sure everybody else looks up and goes, what in the world? Is I'm, this? I'm sure. And I'm also <laughs> sure that when they see me come in at 9 p.m., you know, it's always got that message that says it's 9 p.m. Eastern time. Do you know where your antihistamines are? Some <laughs> kind of crazy uh, off-the-wall statement. That's right. But it's fun. It's fun for yeah, sure. Yeah, love it. All right, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for this week is Upward Sports. Uh, Of course, we are Upward Sports now. And in place of our normal sponsor spot, I just wanted to remind everybody that we are now part of the Upward Sports family. And we are so blessed, incredibly so. Over this coming year, you're probably going to see, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you're probably going to see some changes. If you are a Run Club member, you are probably going to see some changes over the next year, and they're going to be great. So buckle in, because it's going to be fantastic, I am sure. All right, we had a Facebook post from last week from Jim Stimson. Again, if you know... uh, Oh, yeah. If you're part of Run Club, you know who Jim is. He's from Lake Havasu, Arizona. And um, he says this, a little cooler this morning at 91 degrees. Fall is in the air. (laughs) A really nice run. This summer has been the hottest summer since they started recording data back in the 1800s. Praising God for these warmer temps. Yes, I'm crazy. (laughs) Donna got even with me today. She took this photo when I finished my run. Prayers for those preparing for the arrival of Hurricane Idalia. Of course, Idalia is gone and, and and done its damage now, but right. um, we're praying for those people down there. Absolutely, so. some still recovering. Yeah, but um, of course, again, Jim and Donna they live in Arizona, where it it is. I don't know the last time he posted it wasn't over hundred degrees. Uh, yeah, uh, prior to this, probably February, maybe <laughs> yeah. when it was only in the seventies or eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But there's a few things about this post that that I'd like to discuss. First, it's all about perspective, right? Right. Um, well, not all about perspective. A lot of it's about the heat, and and heat is a, is a real thing, and right. it does make running harder. But um, he's thankful for the heat. Imagine living where it's over a hundred degrees and being thankful for the heat. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, what a great picture. I, you know, and it's hard, for, and I know for both of us, it's probably harder to imagine that because living in the southeast we deal with the humidity all the time um jim's out there in the desert dealing with the dry heat i can't imagine what it would be like i would think that it's almost like running in an oven you yeah. know where it feels like your lungs are on fire yeah and that's true and that's one of the things that's just different about yeah. what uh, about each one but yeah humidity can be dangerous mm -hmm. in either case of course yes. when when we run you know we we walk out the door and we start sweating yeah because of yeah, the, because the it just hits you all of a sudden when you come out the door right right but now when you live when you're out west and you're in a, an environment like they are mm -hmm. um you know sweating sweat dries so fast because yeah. the air is so dry that it's pulling that moisture off of you really quickly so you don't realize how much yeah and that could be really deceptive i would imagine because we automatically know what we have to do in order to uh, keep our body regulated properly in the heat. Whereas out west, uh, you know, it's such a dry heat, you're not aware of it because, like you said, it evaporates off your skin the moment it comes, you know, the moment you come in contact with it. Yeah, it makes a big difference. And, and so what, what, you know, what can happen is you can get, you cannot drink enough because you don't yeah. realize how much you're sweating, right? And right. that could be dangerous. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just something to to keep up with. Of course, I don't know about you. Have you have you started sweating more as you get older? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know why I sweat so much more than I used to. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you know, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be the fact that uh, you know as you get older, your metabolism changes so much. Yeah, and it's it's looking for a way to regulate itself, and that's the only way it can do it more efficiently. We we're, we're maybe it's also because that in the lifestyle we live in these days, it's a little bit more sedentary. You that know, when we were be. kids, you know, if you're like my mom and dad, you know, if your parents were like my mom and dad, they kicked me out of the house and told me not to come back until <laughs> dinner time. True story. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, the, the thing about this is it's all about perspective. I, I know that it gets hard. I remember when I was in college and I had a roommate, he was from Delaware. And mm. it wasn't nearly as hot and humid in Delaware as it yeah. is here. And so he came down here and he suffered. I mean, he had a hard time just running. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, he came and, and lived with me at my house for about a, about a week before we went and moved into the dorms. And he struggled mightily. And he, he got acclimatized to it eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing about I see so many people who go out there. And listen, I, it's, it's, all, it's no skin off my back if you want to uh, – Run on a treadmill in the summertime, it's completely up to you. Right. But I see a lot of people who, if they gave it a chance to get used to running in the heat, they could. Yeah. And it wouldn't be as bad. Now, it's always going to be harder to run in the heat. And that's, but for so many people, they're like, they won't even try it. I know. And I mean, you don't have to go out there and try and do a 10 mile run all at once. I mean, do it in increments. I mean, if you've got yeah. to run a mile and then stop for a couple of minutes and then continue on, by all means do it. Because I mean, there are times where I'm on a long run and I'm bonking, I've got to stop. I mean, yeah. last, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, it was like I was struggling going, you know, getting through a seven mile run and then just waved it off. 
Yeah. You know, and then. Well, they say it takes about two weeks to get yourself acclimatized yeah. to whatever your climate is. Right. And so, um, yeah, two, two weeks is not that long to suffer, mm-hmm. you right. know, to get to the point where it feels more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have the choice. I could get up early in the morning and, and go run and it would be much cooler. But I don't. I still run in the afternoon. Yeah. So partially because if I'm going to run with somebody, a lot of times it's with the high school kids, and of course their practice is in the afternoon. So I want to be I want to be used yeah. to it. But uh, but also I, I just don't mind running in the heat because I'm used to it. So yeah, and I I had a military background, um, so I was used to getting up early in the morning. And doing the run first thing in the morning, because as I've said so many times on Thursday Night Live, the only way I could get those long distances is because my mind didn't have enough time to talk my body out of it. <laughs> that works out. Uh, all right. Well, we had a trivia question from last week. And the trivia question was, who is the track and field athlete with the most social media followers? This was such a fun question. Um, I'm going to use Instagram followers as the baseline because that that's probably a little bit easier to measure. Um, but you would think that the most followed athlete would be somebody like Noah Lyles or Usain Bolt, Shakari Richardson, yeah. you know, maybe one of the Norwegian guys, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like when I, when I saw the answer to that, I was totally surprised. I had no idea. So... <laughs> It's it's crazy when you when you look at it. The guy's name is Niraj Chopra. He is a javelin thrower from India. Yeah, and so he's a great athlete. First of all, yes, he, he just won the world championships. Yeah, I, um, so he's really good. He also seems to be a really nice, humble, good guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help. Doesn't hurt either that he's he's a good looking guy. I'm yeah, sure that helps. That, that, that carries a long way. So. <laughs> uh, but he has 6.7 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I mean, it was like, how many, you know, how many, how many, tra- you know, you, you would think that the track and field athletes would be like the sprinters or the hurdlers right. or somebody like that. Yeah. A javelin thrower. I mean, first of all, javelin is not a very well-practiced uh, discipline here in the United States. You know, most people don't even know what the javelin is. Hardly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they think it was an old car that was made in the seventies or something. <laughs> well, I think the the key to it is is that he is from India, and in India, they they don't have a ton of really high profile athletes, right? And so he, this guy is, and so with a billion people, you're bound to get a lot of followers, right? You know, and I thought the you know, and when I look, you know, when you think of uh, famous athletes in India. Most people think about the tennis player VJ Armitage. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he was a great tennis player, and then he did some cameo roles in a few movies. And it was like one of the famous, one of the favorite ones I had was in a James Bond movie. Uh, he went <laughs> under. He was an agent uh, for MI6 that was undercover as the tennis pro. And <laughs> Bond asked him, you know, it's like, well, uh, what have you learned so far? I've learned that I can. I've really improved my backhand. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that's good stuff yeah well if you want to know who who if we'll look at the top 10 number two is alicia schmidt um she has 3.7 million followers um three three million behind uh yeah chopra um turns out as you can imagine she is a very attractive lady she's a middle distance runner from germany she athlete wise she's obviously she's a pretty good athlete yeah but nowhere near the level 
uh, of uh, a lot of these other athletes. Mm-hmm. It, it helps to be um, attractive, and yeah. and you know some of these social media influencers know mm-hmm. how to draw people to them, and she knows how to do that. And so yeah, and uh, I've got a friend in Germany that says that uh, she also does some modeling on the side, yeah. so that helps a lot too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Number three is Shakari Richardson. She's you know an now, American that one I sprinter. Expected, yeah. That one ex- I expected too. Two point two million. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very outspoken lady, so she says some inflammatory things sometimes too. And of course, people love to follow the people who are sometimes controversial and sometimes funny. Yeah. Now, the last time I heard she said something controversial, she got kicked off an airline flight. Yeah. So <laughs> don't <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> Uh, number four is Elliot Kipchoge, you know, now the world's greatest was, marathon. That was the one at this point that I would consider to be the most popular. Absolutely. And he has 2.2 million followers. Yeah. Um, and then Marcel Jacobs, the 100-meter world champion, has mm-hmm. 1.1 million followers. He's from Italy. Yeah. Um, Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni, of course, is from the United States. Yes. She's also a very outspoken Christian. Mm-hmm. She has 1.1 million followers, and she's next. Yeah. And then Fred Curley has a million followers. Um, Fred Curley is the last year's um, uh, world champion in the 100 meters. Right. Um, and then the next one's interesting. It's, she's a triple jumper from Venezuela. She has a million followers. Yulamar Rojas, she is, a, she is so much fun to watch. If you've never watched the triple jump, she's worth the price of admission just to watch her. Yeah. She's really animated. She gets fired up, and she's vocal, and she's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and this is the one on the list I had never heard of before. So now I'm yeah. going to have to go back and uh, <laughs> rewatch the World Championships. Well, the World Championships. She had a, an interesting day at the World Championships because she was she's the she's the best in the world and has been, and she never loses, right? Right. Well, in the World Championships, she was in, I think third place going into her final jump. Uh huh. And then, of course, on our final jump, she saved just explodes, saved one, yeah. it. She won. Yeah, really some uh, high drama there. Yeah. And the last two are Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, the Jamaican uh, sprinter, and then Trayvon Bromel, who's a U.S. sprinter. That one surprised mm-hmm. me. I know who Trayvon Bromel is, yeah. but that one surprised me that he was in the top ten. Yeah, now Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, I mean, I think that she's – doesn't surprise I, me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I think she's well known for as much as her vibrant hair colors. Yes, so. yes, <laughs> yes. And she's such a nice lady. She is. I oh, mean, every interview, she just has so much charm and grace. She does, for sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. right we're back and of course david is here and he's sharing his story and we know that there are tons of now it took you a long time right you talked about sharing your story a while back yeah better part of a year yeah so and and finally got got around to doing it so i know there's others out there just like this yeah yeah i mean you know and it took a year 
for God to give me the right words to put out there. So it's like, <laughs> don't don't struggle with it, people. Just let it come to you. God will tell you what to say. He will. He absolutely will. So we need to hear more stories. So submit your story at runforgod.com. We've got kind of a template. helps you... Um, uh, Kind of, you have to write your story, obviously, but then there's some ways to, to put in some scripture references and questions. And um, anyway, we just need more stories yeah. because that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, I love to stories. listen to them. I mean, it's like um, one of the most recent ones was Seth Christensen. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've met him a couple of times, and uh, he's a great. He's a great guy. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. So tell us what you do for a living, David. I work as an IT network technician for CoreLogic. Oh, you're um, one of those guys. I'm one of those guys, yeah. So, uh, but uh, our what I do is I help uh, real estate agents, appraisers, brokers with okay. the software that we uh, provide for the real estate a- industry and uh, troubleshoot the program for them if they run into any problems. Well, interesting, yeah. interesting. So, when did you start running? Well, technically, I've been running all my life. The problem is it was chasing a soccer ball around. Uh. (laughs) Um, But I really started getting into just the running aspect of it 13 years ago because I was, you know, the soccer was finally taking its toll on my knees. And it was like I needed something to, you know, yeah, I needed to stay in shape. I've always liked running. I gave it a shot and it was like I've stuck with it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So you started about the same time Run for God started. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't realize that Run for God was uh, was an active group uh, 13 years ago. Right, right. So what what's your favorite distance to run? Do you have a favorite? Uh, usually I prefer the middle distances anywhere between uh, uh, 10K and a half. Okay. Um, it just seems like that uh, yeah, I just I like, I like having the longer distances. I just don't like going too long. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, so have you run a marathon? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. And uh, that's one of the issues with it. You know, yeah. and my testimony is going to be part of that. Okay. So it'll explain it for me. All right. All right. Uh, you have a favorite workout that the stuff that you like to do or? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we've made this, we've made comments about my, uh, demeanor, uh, several times, you know, like right after the, uh, Hawkins 10 K fundraiser, uh, this year, you know, everybody's made this comment, you know, it's like, oh yeah, he's, he's crazy. He's, you know, he's not fully centered <laughs> and my favorite workouts do, you know, actually, frame that out to a T because I love doing the tempo runs in the hill uh, in the hill climbs. Oh great. And yeah, and I mean it's like everybody complains about the tempo runs, but I have learned that by doing the tempo runs, it keeps me focused on evening out my runs so I don't go out too fast at the okay. beginning of runs. And it's really been a big help. And of course the hill climb the hill runs, you know, that's where I really get crazy because I try and go all out, you know, for like about 500 meters at a time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a long, that's a long hill climb. It is. Yeah. Man. Got lots of them there. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're in that area of the country yeah. for sure. Okay. So you've been through some stuff recently and this story is going to tell us a little bit about that. So right. um, let's go ahead and tell your story. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I called mine. I trained for this. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's what happened. It's December 2022, and I'm really amped up. Uh, I ran a great half marathon in Greensboro at the Cannonball, and now I'm running my best times leading up to the big beach marathon when one morning on the treadmill, I fainted just short of a mile into an eight-mile run. Oh. 
Uh, so it's like after I, after my wife shut the treadmill down, I got up, um, went to see my family doctor. Uh, they did an EKG, and then they said, we better send you to a heart specialist. So off to the specialist I go. I get to the specialist, and they do more tests on me in the office, and they said, well, everything seems to be okay right now, but based on that fainting, I would recommend you don't run anything over 12 miles right now. So yeah. that ended Big Beach for me that year. So it's like, no problem. I'll just get ready for the Run for God 5K. So in the meantime, I get scheduled for a battery of heart tests, and then I got hit with another really bad illness because after I did a stress test, um, one day after I got off work, I noticed my fingers and toes started tingling. Mm. Uh, my blood pressure had dropped really bad, and my pulse had gone really up. Uh, so I go to the, so I go to my doctor. Um, they diagnosed me with a urinary tract infection. They gave me antibiotics. Told me to come back the next day. And then I got back to the doctor the next morning, and it was like, this isn't good any better. You better go to the hospital for some tests. So mm -hmm. I go and have uh, all these tests, all the blood work, all the urinary, you know, all the urine tests, all this uh, CAT scan. And then they tell me that I'm septic and I've got a half-inch kidney stone. Mm. So they bring in another specialist, a urologist, and he tells me, you need to get an operation or you're going to die. Well... My reaction was, what are you doing here? Get upstairs and get prepped, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it, it was a real struggle. So after six weeks of going out of hospitals for operations and heart, heart tests, I kept thinking, one thing kept going through my mind. I trained for this? <laughs> During all that time of inactivity and recovery, I had plenty of time to reflect on what was going on in my life. And, you know, it was like, Okay, God, what are you telling me? I was going to church, but I didn't have a church home at the time. I was in the Bible in a year devotion, so that kept me that kept me focused on uh, on that during my stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure how much of it I was retaining because um, even though I was reading it on the side as well, you know, I didn't know how much I was retaining it by listening to it. Uh, so it appeared that God was telling me something through all of that, um, that I was focusing on form and function with my running and not with true purpose, which was spreading the gospel. Yeah. Uh, it was a struggle uh, getting back into running shape, but eventually I got back on it. Now, I'm closer to God because of all of that, but it was kind of a, kind of a stark reminder of what he had to do to pull me back mm -hmm. in. Um, but now I'm... Uh, focus more on the spiritual and the physical aspects of my run on the run for God ministry. God will get your attention, won't he? In a hurry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's a great story. It's a tragic story at the same time. I mean, just all of a sudden it's like you go from everything's great to everything's not great. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it doesn't take that long. That mm -hmm. was what the surprising part of it was. Mm-mm. And it's isn't it isn't it hard, isn't it tough when you train so hard for something you get yourself in the good shape and then something like that pops up. Yeah, you know, but it was like God said you're ready for, you're ready for the big you're ready for the big shakeup, you know? All yeah. right, you're healthy enough to get through it. Now let's see how good you are about getting through it. Yeah. 
So, so what happened with the feigning? What was that all about? Did you ever find, figure that out? Um, the cardiologist uh, said that he thought that it was some kind of a congenital heart issue going on, mm. that I had scar tissue uh, on my heart. Um, and that's why they ran me through all the tests, but things just didn't show that it was a heart test. I'm, you know, there was a heart issue. Um, they did the stress test first of all, before I got really sick and I, you know, with a stress test, they put you on an incline treadmill, yeah. run you for, you know, and have you walk on it for 12 minutes. Yeah. And the criteria is you either get through all the 12, you know, through the entire 12 minutes or, you know, you get to a trigger point. Usually that's about 140 beats per minute. Yeah. I got through the 12 minutes and never got close to 140 beats. So it was like, I didn't think it was a health issue at that point yeah. in time, but they wanted to go ahead and do the uh, CAT scan. They also wanted to do a uh, heart cath to see if I was, uh, you know, see if I had coronary artery yeah, disease. For sure. And sitting yeah. there and it's like, really? <laughs> and I was just about ready to say no to that. And then my wife, Debbie, uh, said, you better go ahead and do that. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and yeah. she reminded me because at 58, uh, which is how old I was at the time, um, her father was diagnosed with coronary artery disease. Uh, so, so I went ahead yeah, and did worried. the test anyway. So I didn't want to worry her about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a really good cautionary tale for all of us. Yes, because you just, definitely. You just never know. I mean, things yeah. can be rocking and rolling and everything's great. And then the yeah. next day, uh, you, you know, you're, you're struggling. And well, I mean, look at the football player that, yeah. that's, you know, that hit the ground because of a heart attack just because he took a hit Yeah. Uh, during Monday night football. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't wake you up, nothing does. That's a good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Um. Yes, the, the the way you describe this story, though, it sounds a little bit like, you know, I, I've told the story before about missing one day. You know, oh, yeah. I, I've only missed one day in the last 12 years, and I remember struggling with that at first and thinking, you know, what, what in the world is going on? How in the world did I do such a boneheaded thing? But then once I kind of drew back from that and calmed down, it was like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. And it sounds like that's where you were here. It was oh, like, yeah, well, exactly. What are, you, what are you trying to tell me, God? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I had plenty of time to think about it because, you know, there was, uh, you know, you had plenty of time to think about it because it seemed like every two hours somebody was coming into the room and they were doing some kind of test on you. And I get that. And yeah. I thank God that those people are dedicated to try and help me get back on my feet and back yeah. out on the road. So. For sure. Well, we had a scripture passage from Isaiah 38, 16 and 17. It says, Lord, by such things people live and my spirit finds life in them too. You restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have, you have put all my sins behind your back. And then you went on to say, even when I'm either physically or spiritually sick or struggling, God is always ready to help raise my spirit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important to know that, you know, even when you think that everything is going against you and you don't think that there's a way to get out of it, God is always there to provide you with uh, not only hope, but a way to get out. You know, you just have to sit there and listen, listen and look for the signs. Yeah. Well, you know, we've always said that... Um, getting outside of your comfort zone is, is it's the only way you grow is outside yeah. of your comfort zone. 
So, um, yeah, that's it's good. Um, of course, most of the time when we get outside our comfort zone, it's something that we choose, right? We choose to right. get outside of our comfort zone. In this case, you're not choosing it. No, I'm it, not at all. You know, it was like suddenly I'm thrown into this area, and it's like suddenly I'm in, uh, you know, I'm suddenly having to trust someone else outside my, you know, that I've never met before or ever come in contact with. And that's a scary thought. You know, it's like suddenly you've got to put your faith, you you know, you've got to put your faith and your trust in a total stranger maybe. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if you submit to it, you know, you actually get connected with those people and you feel a whole lot better for it. Yeah. It makes, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I guess, you know, I, I, God knows what's good for us. And mm-hmm. we go through these things where we don't understand why in the moment. Right. So yeah. it's like when I, when I was unemployed and I went through that process of being unemployed and you know, you get to a point where you get pretty low and then boom, all of a sudden. So was, was yours like that? Was it like, it just hit you all of a sudden that, oh, hey, God's trying to get my attention. This is the way he's done it. I need to start paying attention. Yeah, it was like falling off a cliff in, into a pool of water, but there are rocks somewhere at the bottom of it, and you don't know where they are. Uh, you know, so it's like you just, well, gravity works. Let's hope for the best, you know. So was that before or after the surgery that you kind of hit that realization? That was probably before the surgery okay because i'm sitting here and when the doctor said you need this operation or you're gonna die yeah you know this hit me right you know it's like well let's get ready for this you know and then the next thing i did was i picked up my cell phone and called my son and said hey i'm not making this up i could really die if i don't get this operation can you please get up here and be with your mom keep her company while i'm going through this yeah that's that's a tough phone call to make right it is well, you mentioned that you didn't have a church home at that time. Did you find a church home at this point? Well, at the time of recording, and this is Labor Day, uh, we're really comfortable with a local church, and yeah. we're starting to go to uh, go to Sunday school classes because okay. uh, the pastor said most of ministry work in this church comes through being in a Sunday school class. Absolutely, and uh, we've started going to a Sunday school class and. We feel really comfortable with it. I mean, the first time we walked in there, it's like all of a sudden people just start, you know, we're really glad, really glad to see you here. Welcome. Hope yeah. you enjoy this, you know. So that, 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 wel- that welcome uh, is a big part of it. That's great. So. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And then you go on to say, suffering and going through tough tests of endurance is how God has transformed me during my Christian walk and it inc- encourages me to seek tougher challenges. What good is any goal if it's too easy? That is such a great question. I just, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, you're right. Uh, an easy goal is is not good right we need hard goals Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Uh, and i think we're losing the ability to have tough goals i don't want to get off on a political rant here but um this this atmosphere i've talked about it before the atmosphere of safetyism 
you know, yeah. where, where we're so scared to get outside of our comfort zones mm-hmm. and we're so, I, we were talking about it the other day about how we, we have, um, on cross country teams, on high school cross country teams, mm-hmm. kids don't want to run hard anymore. And it's yeah. because they don't see the value in trying to be the best they can be at something. And a lot of that is because they've been told their whole lives that just participating is great. And in some cases, just participating is great. Right. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, that's not your best. Sometimes participation is your best. Sometimes participation is not your best. Yeah. And and unfortunately, um, I, I think that is 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 going down to these these cross country runners. That's the way they're brought up. Yeah, and I feel like that we're kind of like dinosaurs now on this because I'm going to use an old, I'm going to use a rush I'm going to use a rush uh, <laughs> ism here, you know. For a lot of people who get involved in running, it's the engine that drives itself, but it chooses the uphill climb. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you know, that's good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. One of these, one of these issues is uh, is is heat. You know, we're we're here, and you know, people talk about heat. They're afraid. They're, people are afraid they're going to die if they go out and they run in the heat. And, yeah. And it's the high schools. They won't let them practice if it's too hot outside. And the truth yeah. is, is and I shared this on a podcast not too long ago that. Um, more people die from cold than they do heat. Yeah. I mean, cold is very deceptive. Heat, yeah. you know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah. And, you know, this is the time of the year, especially down here in the south, where the heat conditions you. Uh, you know, you've said it many times before. Humidity is the poor man's altitude training. Yeah. And believe me, the last month or so, I've been through a lot of altitude training. And even though that I've been absolutely worn out sometimes to points where I can't finish a run, I know in the end, when we get into the sharp end of uh, Couch the Marathon program, for example, it's going to be it's going to be so much better because, uh, you know, for instance, last year when we were all at the Cannonball Half Marathon, the training through that entire summer made us that much stronger because remember there were a lot of people that hit some personal bests that day they did they did that's true that's true Mm -hmm. yeah i I blame the the whole the whole negative thoughts on whether it be heat or anything else you know natural disasters is a good example oh yeah yeah. you hear everybody's talking about how bad natural disasters are getting and the truth is is natural disasters are not getting worse and the matter and the truth is is that we hit we have 90% less death due to natural disaster today than we did 100 years ago. I saw that statistic and it just floored me. Yeah, but we, the reason we don't know that is because our news is busy scaring us to death all yeah. the time. And right? it's also on a constant 24-hour circle, so yeah. it keeps getting you and getting you and getting you. One of the jokes that my son and I did when we first started watching the news when the COVID pandemic came up, you know, it was like, uh, you know, you would see these uh, national anchor people come on there and say, tonight's news, and it was like all of a sudden, you know, my son James and I would just go, doom! You know? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's true. But you remember when you, when you and I were growing up, you, you had you had a couple of hours of news during the day total yeah. for the for the entire 24-hour right. period. Yeah. Maybe noon and 6 a.m. Yeah. Or 6 p.m., I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you stayed up late, 11 p.m. Yeah, right. But, 
but it's not that way anymore. No, and, it's not. I mean, you're constantly inundated, inundated with bad news. I mean, it's like yeah. no wonder people are walking around in such a funk. Well, you know what gets me is that I hear people say it all the time that, well, we need, we need somebody to have news that's good news. Well, you know they've tried that. There have been some news organizations right. who have tried to do just good news, yeah. and nobody watches it. Yeah. So we're so drawn to bad news for some reason. <laughs> yeah. My my old my old soccer coach over in Germany, you know, had uh, you know they have a phrase in German called Schadenfreude. You know, and if any, it loosely translated, it means taking pleasure in someone else's tragedy, and unfortunately. We revel in that for yes. some reason. Yes, we do. It's yep. human, I guess. I guess so. Psalm 41.3 says, The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. And you said, Even when I'm feeling terrible physically, I know by placing my faith in God, I know I will be healed. Yeah, I mean, God, God tells us he's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like our, our whole life journey, right? Not just, yeah. it's not just about these individual issues, but, um, and, and sometimes we get healed and sometimes the answer is not, you're going to get healed. You know, yeah. I mean, sometimes, and sometimes you're carrying that wound for everybody else to see, so they won't have to go into that issue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But the important thing is, you know, that we put our, our faith and our trust in him. That's what you did in this case. I had no choice. But it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is because you're sitting there lying there and it's like, well, what if I don't recover? Yeah. Uh, what if I don't feel as good as I did, you know, Yeah. today as I did like two weeks ago when all this started? Yeah. You know. So how do you keep your faith when things are going south like that? Fortunately, I have a wife that, you know, keeps me, keeps yeah. me centered on this because a lot of times I will, and she will tell you this, I will go through and I'll just rant and rave about how lousy things are, you know? And she says, well, you know, look at it this way, you know, what other way is it to look at it? You know, it's like, (laughs) you could have been in a whole lot worse situation. You could have died from all of this, or you could have been seriously injured if, you know, you know, instead of just having a sprained ankle or something. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like it, it'll take me it'll take me time to get down from that. You know, the two hour funk. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Question one: What kind of reminders do you see every day in your life that makes you push yourself to be a better Christian? Then you followed with saying the metal in the floorboard. Yeah. Now this is this is a true story. Two years ago, I went to a place called Jonesboro, Tennessee, ran mm-hmm. a half marathon there. And I had been training pretty well, but the weather conditions at that point in time were pretty much what you expect down here in the southeast in late September, mid-October, that window. Because usually the humidity finally lets up a little bit and you see that brilliant cobalt blue sky over you. And it was like, yeah, it's a you know, every day is a great day to run at that point in time. Well, the week of that half marathon it started raining and it was raining constantly for two or three days. And I keep thinking, I kept thinking about it. And it was like, Oh man, this is not going to be that great a day to run. I got up that Saturday to go to the race and it was still raining really hard. And it was like, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to, but as I was going up and then 
this Jonesboro is like 45 minutes north of where I live. Yeah. Uh, so it, as I was driving, it got better and better and better. Wow. And it was like it got the rain had stopped. The cloud cover had lifted a little bit. It was like the perfect the perfect day, cloudy and 45 degrees. I thought this isn't going to be so bad after all. We get up on the line, and the moment that starter pistol went off, a monsoon came, <laughs> and it stayed all during the race. And I got into a real funk. I was not happy. Uh, at one point, you know, the you know, towards the end of the race, I think it was about the 11 mile mark or something like that. We were going down a busy street in Jonesboro, and this big pickup truck with a trailer hit the pothole. And you know how Murphy's second law is: it's like no matter where you are, the water's going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. And I got home, you know. So when I got done with the race, it was like they handed me the, you know, of course they handed you the finisher's medal. And usually I'm real happy getting one of these. I took it off and you know stuffed it in my bag along with my wet clothes and all this stuff so when i got home i took all my wet clothes off put them in the washing machine and all this stuff and then i noticed in the bag looked down in the bag and it's like where'd that finisher metal go i couldn't find it anywhere you know and it was like i went through all that pain and suffering to get this metal it's like you're not you're darn right i'm gonna find it it was in the bottom of the floorboard in the back seat of my car it's been there for two years. It has never been picked up. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and here's the reason. Because I was in a real nasty mood when I got done. Yeah? And I didn't shine my light. Okay. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, I, was, I was cross. I was ill. I was angry. And I kept it in that floorboard, and it stays there as a reminder up to this day that I need to be a better Christian, I can be a better Christian, and I will be a better Christian. And that medal is a reminder. It's never been picked up. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's so interesting. I like that. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to think about the Israelites. Um, you know, they had so many great things to look back on, and we wonder, you know, well, they, they had the Red Sea and the manna and the pillar of fire and all that stuff. And we wonder, how in the world did they stray away from God having seen all of that stuff? But the truth is, is we have our own Red Sea moments ourselves. Yeah. Now, it may not be as fantastic as the sea parting and walking through it, but we have those moments in our lives where God shows up in a big way and we know he's there and, and yet we still tend to pull back. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah. And just like the Israelites, we still wander around in the desert for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have to look back on those moments. We have to, just like you're, you're keeping, you're, you're keeping more of a a negative moment, but something Mm -hmm. that reminds you to do something positive. Right. And you're keeping that by, by preserving a moment in time yeah absolutely and and it's the same thing that that we should be doing whatever that thing is that motivates us to be better Mm -hmm. as christians right uh whatever that thing is that that reminds us of that we need to have that in front of us so that we we can constantly be reminded to go back to where god wants us to be another question how do you respond when a total stranger asks you about your testimony boy and this is the hard one right here because we're talking about a total stranger. Yeah. I'll give you a I'll give you an in, instance on this. I got caught totally by surprise one Sunday after church. Uh went to went to the local convenience store because my wife and I were really craving a fountain drink. 
And as I was leaving, this gentleman comes up and I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this exact shirt, the yeah. same shirt as I was leaving that day. And the guy asked me, you know, it's like, what is Run for God Club? You know, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is a real actual moment here where I'm going to have to explain this. And I said, okay, you kind of caught me by the surprise, but you know, here's the thing. Run, you know, I explained to him what the Run for God Run Club was all about, spreading the ministry through the sport of running. Yeah. You know, and tried to explain to him all the things that were going on. And then he asked me about my personal ones. What got you drawn into this? I said, well, when I was six years old, my father was getting baptized. And I was absolutely struck with abs- you know, total terror and fear because my dad explained to me as a way of saying, you know, baptism is a way where part of you dies, you know, and it was like, that's the only part I heard. Yeah. And I was yeah. just absolutely terror stricken. My, oh my dad's going to drown right in front of my eyes, you know, and then it was like. I was crying in the backseat of the car all the way to church that, you know, during that Sunday, you know, on the way to that Sunday evening service when he got baptized. Then when they pulled him out of the water, you know, when they, when they dunked him in the baptistry and then pulled him out, it was like, a great thing was lifted out, you know, and it was like, then I saw something different in my dad. Wow. He, he all of a sudden had more time for me and my brother and mom and it, it turned out to be such a pleasant thing that it was got, you know, that the next revival came along, you know, it's like my dad said, you know, it's like, you didn't let your shirt tail hit your back all the way down there, did you? I said, no. You know, I mean, that was my, that was my come to Jesus moment, as we all say down here. Yeah. Literally. Wow. And, it, and it, the, the, that one example made me feel such like a, you know, felt transformed. And this guy was run for God. When he saw the T-shirt, saw the same thing, and when he heard that, it's like, "How do I join?" And it was like, I grabbed his phone and I said, "Well, here's the address right here, you know. Yeah, here's yeah. the URL that you go to. All you got to do is sign up." Yeah. And I couldn't believe I had a guy signed up coming out of a convenience <laughs> store with two soft drinks in my hand. So you know, that was great. Ah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. it is. Well, this all goes back to, you know, in week nine of the 5K, well, all of our challenges, you know, we talk about your testimony and we try to get people to think about it because very often when we're confronted with it, if we haven't thought about it ahead of time, then we're not going to know what to say, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember when back when I was in the corporate world, they used to tell us that you should have kind of a, a, a very quick speech an elevator speech they used to call it Mm -hmm. where if you ran into somebody who could have a profound impact on your career and you were in the elevator with them riding up an elevator for a minute what would you say yeah and so they they wanted us to think about that and and be ready for that moment well this is no different no you know being ready to share your testimony what god's done for you kind of goes back to the same thing i was talking about a few minutes ago where it's it's all about what has god done in my life and if i can share those moments where god has had this big impact in my life then um that has an impact on others yeah and you know the other thing is is a lot of people try and rehearse this and there's no rehearsing it you're going to stutter you're going to falter a little bit but that's part of it you know just just tell them what's on your heart well that's that's what freezes us a lot of times is the thought that well i can't do it perfectly yeah and if i can't do it perfectly then i don't want to do it at all well god uses imperfect people yeah exactly and it's a process that's right you know because it's like you may not be the guy who uh transforms them 
it's going to take 10 or 11 more people as we all know that's right so you know it's like just be honest about it be forthright you know you're sure you're going to stumble you're going to get nervous you know it's like i'm getting sweaty armpits talking about it right now but yeah that's just the way it goes (laughs) that's the way it goes last question how do you respond when you or someone you know is going through a physical spiritual or emotional situation well, I, I'd say hopefully I go straight to God with it. Um, mm-hmm. If it's if it's me, of course, most of the time uh, that's not the case. Most yeah. of the time, I bounce around with other stuff before I finally take it to God and go, God, what, what do, you, what do, you, where do I need to go with this? Well, you know, but um, but hopefully that's our default is to go there. Yeah, you know, and the other thing is is that one of the things that you keep hearing constantly from other christians is you know it's like i'm going to pray for you about it yeah which is almost like a backing away from it you know like when someone says it is what it is that gets me so tore up yeah i can't stand that phrase yeah um a good example of this is is a a co-worker of mine uh suffered a physical loss he lost a leg Mm. um through an amputation And, you know, it's like, and I'm not going to sit there telling him, I'm going to pray for you about it. It's like, tell me what you're going through on this, Mm -hmm. you know, and he does explain it, you know, and I constantly pray for him. And he always is very, very, uh, you know, we, we kind of like sharpen each other through all of this because I've been through an amputation process. He's been through an amputation process and I have the advantage of being able to tell him what it's like. Now, I can't tell him exactly what it's like, but I can tell him, you know, it's going to be a struggle. But if you rely on, you know, one of the things is your friends are going to be one of the things that you're going to fall back on. And I hope with through the experience that I've been through, it's going to help you get through yours. And apparently it's worked because... Right. Um, you know, he is really progressing well, you know, because it's like you're going to have to, you know, it, you're going to be in a funk. You're going to be disappointed at things sometimes, but you got to push through. And I've been through it. You can get through it. It's always amazing how God will put us, will put folks in front of us who are going through the same things that we've gone through. Yes. You know, so, yeah. that, so that we can help them. I mean, I, I'm convinced that's why they're in our lives. Yeah. People like that. Yeah. And I mean, sure, you're going to screw up at times. You're going to, you know, you may, you know, it's like, and I keep telling them, you know, it's like sometimes I give bad advice, you know, but I'm glad you have the, this, you, you have the rationale and the intelligence <laughs> to get around it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. We, yes, it's good. We should be praying for folks and we should, and it's, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you, but, mm-hmm. um, we we need to do a little more than that. Most, yeah, you most have to be time. really you have to be really active in helping them out. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and and being a coach, I deal with I deal with it all the time. You know, people right. come to me with, and of course, coaching at the high school level, I have you know, kids come to me with running questions, but they come with life questions too. Yeah, spiritual questions, and um, it, it it it's it's great opportunity. But instead of one of the things that I like to do, I don't always do, but if I if the situation lends itself to this, instead of saying, I'll, I'll pray for you. I say, let's pray. Yeah. Let's pray right now. Yeah. You know, and, 
I think that's a good way to show your your compassion for whatever it is that person's going right, through. Right. You know, and I mean it's like one of the things that you can always get through. I mean, it's like don't feign interest. Ask them, what can I do for you? Yeah. You absolutely. Know. Yep. And mean it. Yeah. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. We're back, and I'm still here with David Rutledge, and we are talking about all sorts of things running, and we just covered your story, but let's talk a little bit about, how about running shoes? What kind of running shoes do you do you use? Usually what I do, and this is kind of crazy, well, not too crazy, but it's like every two years or so, what I'll do is I'll go into a shoe store, and I'll grab every pair of shoe uh, it's in my size and try them on. But yeah. it seems like every time I go and do this, it I stay with the same ones. I'm yeah. I go with the ASICs Magic Speeds. Okay. So that's the one, those are the ones you like. Yeah. Right. Those are the ones I, I've got six pairs of them right now. So yeah. Oh good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well that's you know, some people like to switch it up. I'm I'm once I find something I like, I stick with it myself. Yeah. So that's that's what I do. I had probably about forty pairs of Saucony Canvaras. Yeah. And then I had about 40 pairs of Saucony Freedoms. And then uh-huh. I recently, this is actually on my feet right now, my first pair of New Balance Rebels. Yeah. It's the first time I've worn. But they, they discontinued the Saucony Freedom. So I had yeah. to find something else. Yeah, I mean, else. when we came in this morning, I did notice that you were, you know, I'm used to seeing you in Saucony. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they, like I said, they quit making them, so I had to try something else. I found something else. And so yeah. now, you know, if somebody from Saucony is listening to this, just know I, I didn't switch because I wanted to. I switched because I had Necessity. to. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so how many miles do you get out of a pair of shoes? Because I rotate them around. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but I mean, it was like I was looking at them. And right now I'm on about 300 miles on the oldest pair that I've got right now. And I can squeeze four or 500 miles out of them. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I like to get at least 500 out of mine. Um, yeah. I, f- I feel like a p- most of the time they're good for that. Now, it depends on the shoe. Some mm-hmm. shoes last longer than others. Yeah. Um, those Saucony Freedoms that I wore, I, sw- I swear to you, I would, it used to be when I wore the Canvaras, whenever I got a new, a new pair and mm-hmm. I put those on and I ran it, I was like, oh, that feels so much better. Yeah. With the Freedoms, I can't tell a difference. Mm-hmm. Like the cushioning never wears out of those shoes. Yeah. And so, but they've discontinued it. So. <laughs> right. You know, and, and the other thing is, is I try to be very savvy about how I buy my, you know, how I go and do those. Yeah. Uh, you know, now I may play, you know, I may pay full price uh, for the first pair that I get. And then I get in there and I start looking around and trying to see if, you know, six, eight months later on, if you, you know, 
you know, see if I can find something at a discount. And yeah. it's not it's not a bad thing to do that because I mean it's like I can pay fifty bucks for the same pair of shoes yeah. a year, year and a half later, and they still feel the same as the others. Yeah. It's not a shameful thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on what what you've got. It is great to support your local running shoe store if you can. Yeah, and uh, I do for, try that for a lot of people. A lot of people don't have that option. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people have to drive. They may have to drive for an hour or two just to get to a running shoe store. So once they find some, then they just continue. Yeah, and similar. And Debbie had its problem. You know, she's had a lot of problems with heel pain uh, recently. And the last time she uh, got a pair of shoes, uh, she went all the way to Kingsport, which is about an hour and a half away from where we are. Uh, and went to a, I guess it was Fleet Feet, and someone helped her there and really gave, you know, really uh, helped her out with with that situation. Now she's wearing Hoka's right now, and she likes them because they do have a lot of cushion yeah, in them. Good, you know, the shoes I wear don't have that kind of cushion because I like contact with the road. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's all preference. Yeah. So what about your diet? Are you? strict on your diet you no i'm not no, real strict about no. it uh you know it's like friday nights if it's red meat and mexican food i'm there yeah you know right. so <laughs> but i eat you know i've tried, tried going with a plant-based diet like you do yeah uh and it kind of didn't just it, it kind of you know it was like to me it was like things are a little different things kind of taste kind of funny yeah you know i'm i'm the protein and red meat guy it's yeah. like i i'll eat a steak the day before before a race just yeah. because i can yeah but it feels good for me oh good yeah good. whatever works mm -hmm. so do you have any running goals right now yeah uh i'm currently trying to get down below 210 on half marathons okay um marathons i would just like to get in one and finish it yeah you know um normally when i run a 10k i try to get down below an hour but if i can get between a 50 and a 53 i'm really really happy okay um getting back to where i am right now uh is kind of tough i've I found out that it's not my heart it's not my legs it's yeah. my lungs that are giving me the problem yeah. right now so it's like um earlier this summer uh went up to cove lake and ran with team coolidge uh oh, cool. in the cove cove lake 5k and i was trying to get below 32 minutes at that point in time and i did it so i'm good right. with that i'm trying to get down below 30 now good 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 so what's your favorite race you've ever run uh i used to run one uh every year up in kingsport it was the eastman 10k and it was basically a, it was a fast race it did have one uh huge hill uh, in the five and six kilometer uh, marks of that race. Yeah. And it used to be the hardest thing for me to get up. And then it was like the third, yeah, the third try, I finally got got it. Yeah. You know, and I, and it was like, I stopped and it was like, I turned around and looked at the hill. It was like, I finally beat you. <laughs> I am done with you. I've beaten you. And now it's just a walk through the park. Uh, you know? Good stuff. And really it was because like the rest of the race, it was downhill to the finish. But still, <laughs> it was a great, but it was a great race yeah. because um, Eastman and a grocery store chain subsidized most of the race. So everybody could run for 10 bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. and it was like you got and you got the usual swag. You got the finisher's medal. You got the uh, yeah. uh, you got the T-shirt. You even um, they even gave you free running socks out of that deal. So wow. it, it was a different it was a different way to go about things, and it was so good. But I, 
you know, several, uh, I think it was about four years ago they quit. They quit sponsoring the race now, uh, but you yeah, know, it's like a, like all the other races. Yeah, I guess. it ran its course, and it was like they decided it wasn't the thing to go about anymore. We can't do this. They discontinued it, even though there's still uh, some good races up there. I think there's one up there today. Yeah, and while we're recording this, it is Labor Day. A lot of yeah. Labor Day races are yeah. going on, and that was the weekend they always had that race. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I there's a race that I've run on Labor Day probably thirteen of the last fourteen years uh-huh. that I'm not running today. Yeah, um, of course I'm just getting over this little injury thing, right. so I wasn't going to run it anyway. So it worked worked out great. Yeah, um, but I'll be back at it next year. It's mm-hmm. it's a race sponsored by FCA, so I like to support yeah, them. Yeah, right. So what if you couldn't run any races? Would you still run? Yeah, I'd still run. Yeah. I mean, it's so ingrained in as part of my life now um you know i'm not to the point where if i don't run i'll die uh but you know i do enjoy it i i I can see the benefits in it because it's like if i run before work in the morning i get home uh i feel more alert i feel like i do my job a lot better so i'm not giving up running anytime soon well good good well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, sometimes just showing up is important, and that's why this one's called Showing Up. Hard is relative. What is easy for me may be hard for you. What is easy for you may be hard for me, and we have to do both the easy and the hard. I would say it falls under the proverbial 80-20 rule. 80% of what you do should be easy and 20% should be hard. Of course, there are many levels of hard and different kinds of hard. Working through the emotions of a death in the family is completely different than finishing a marathon. Both are hard, but not in the same way. But the important thing is that we all keep showing up to do the things we should be doing. We're working to be productive members of society. We're working to be helpful to those around us. We're working to be the best version of ourselves we can be. And, of course, we're working to execute the plan God has for our lives. It takes relentless pursuit to work towards any goal, whether that goal is to finish a half marathon or get a report done for work. Again, the important thing is that we keep showing up. Our life journey implores us to help those who are behind us on their paths and to learn from those who are ahead uh, on theirs. We all have different circumstances and we're all in a different place. Oh, we may be part of a group working towards a common goal, but none of us feel the same every day as the others in our group. I battle the heat of the summer living in the South while someone at the same stage as me may have to fight feet of snow in the winter. I may be dealing with a hamstring issue while someone else tries to get through a calf strain. I could go on, but you get the point. We're all in different stages. The important thing is that we keep showing up to face whatever is in front of us, hard or easy. But we all have one thing in common. We all have the same target we're shooting for. Even if you say you don't have a goal, that is a sort of goal in itself, not to not have goals. But we're all moving towards something. Every day, we have to get up and show up. Never discount the importance of showing up. The ancient proverb that says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step is so true. Let's use the example of a track workout. 
the first thing you have to do to execute the workout after all the logistics, coordination, and planning, of course, is to show up at the track. That is a big step. There are many days when I just don't feel like it, but I show up anyway. Sometimes the day is just as hard as I think it will be, and sometimes it's better. The thing is, you don't know until you show up. Even when you have a bad day, you're one step ahead of many because you had the guts to show up. Showing up is completely underrated. Sure, there are days when it will be all but impossible to give up, to give everything you have to whatever you're doing, but you showed up. If you'll just show up, good things will happen. They're bound to. Maybe not on day one or even day five, but eventually you'll find those good things. Keep showing up. It is worth it. If you've ever read through the Bible on any sort of schedule, you know that there are days when you just check it off the checklist. You'll read or maybe listen, and it will be exceedingly difficult to get into it and absorb it. But you do it anyway. You showed up. Inevitably, there will be a day when you don't expect it, and the Holy Spirit will overwhelm you. You may or may not be expecting it, but it happens. It is especially satisfying when it is one of those days when you're just showing up and your guard is down. But it won't happen if you don't show up. Checking things off a checklist can be so important. I can't count the number of times when I didn't feel like running, but I did it anyway. I had one of those days yesterday, and you know what happened? I felt terrible, worse than I felt in a couple of weeks. But I showed up. Today, I'll show up again. And maybe, just maybe, I'll have one of those days when it all clicks and running feels incredibly easy. It may not happen, but I will never know unless I show up. <laughs> Showing up, that's what I'm good at. Oh, yeah. Everybody's good at that, you know. <laughs> well, not everybody's good at that. That's the, that's the whole well, problem. Showing, well, showing up or showing up late. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so many people are just they, just, they just never show up. They never try to, they never get started. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, for some people, they don't get their the workouts in because they don't feel just right, you know, and so they never they never go, well, okay, I'm going to go do it anyway, even if I don't feel right, or I'm not going to, I can't run because it's too hot outside, or I can't run because it's too cold outside, or, you know, all the different excuses that people have. But I'd rather run when it's not feeling right because eventually you're going to feel okay and it's, you're going to feel right. Yep, yep. You know, I guess that's the runner's attitude, you know, it's it, like. I think it is. I think yeah. it's, that, that's part of why running is such a great activity. Mm -hmm. um, and I know people look at me and people, I, I've had people say it. Well, it's easy for you to run. And it's like, no, well, it's not. No, <laughs> running, running is hard and it doesn't matter, you know, what pace you're running at um, and how long you've been doing it. Running's hard. And yeah. there, there are days when, um, now I love it, don't get me wrong, but there are days where it's just not easy uh, to get out there. A lot of people come up to me and say, you know, it's like, you make it look so easy. And it's like, look, I have my bad days as well. And I know it. Well, you know, it's a little bit like a preacher. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we look at the preacher and we don't think about the preacher's problems, right? Right. Because he's a preacher. He doesn't have problems, but he does. He's just like us, but he happens to be, have a different job than we have. It's even, it may be even worse because he's got all our problems as that's, well. That's exactly right. You that's know. exactly right. And so you got the same, it's the same thing. When it, when you see somebody out there, maybe you're one of those who you see somebody who makes it look really easy for them to get out mm -hmm. and run and you think, well, it's easy for them realize that they're, they're like that preacher 
They, right. It's not easy for them. They may make it look easy, but that's just by by their positive attitude and them just getting out there and doing right. it. Right, you know, and you never know what's happening after that because it's like you can make it look easy, but uh, once you get out of the, out of the view of yep. anybody, you can let your you know you may be able you know you finally are able to let your guard down and say, Lord, thank you for getting me through this because I'm absolutely whacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all have issues. Um, you know, we're all different, have different issues, but we're all the same because we all struggle. Yeah. And I think that we, a lot of times we think about our differences more than we do our commonalities. And we need to realize that there, we have a lot of things in common too. Yeah. That's the greatness about running because it's like, everybody's got the same problems you do on the road. Can I make it up that hill? How long is it to the next water station? You know, that sort yeah. of thing. My legs are so tired from all this running, you know. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was in college, we used to go to uh, a Wendy's. There was a Wendy's right right down from where our dorm was, mm-hmm. and we used to go there late at night. Usually, three or four days a week, we would close the Wendy's down. Yeah. We'd be there until until they uh, they close. I think they closed at like ten o'clock, and we'd be there. Uh-huh. And, um, they'd kind of, you know, at ten o'clock, we realized, okay, they're cleaning everything up. We need to get out of here. Yeah. Anyway, we did that for a while. We developed a relationship with the people who were there that mm-hmm. worked at the Wendy's, and. It got to a point after a while where they would take all the extra food they had at 10 o'clock and they would give it to us. Now, I'm sure that was against their regulations to do that, Mm -hmm. but we had just developed this relationship with them. And so very often they would, you know, they would give us, you know, a few burgers or some fries or whatever they had left over. You're starving college students. I mean, come on. And it was like a gold mine for us, you know, I mean, for, for us, that was a big, big deal. And they weren't, you know, well, they weren't doing anything different or anything. Well, I'm, you know, and I think they probably felt good about it too because it's like as someone could, you know, giving away that food, you know, even though it may not have been policy, um, you know, the elder alternative was just to destroy it, throw it in yeah. the garbage bin, yeah. and that would have been a waste. Yeah, it would. Well, the point is, is that us just showing up put us in a good position. Yeah. Right. And so very often for all of us, it's. Sometimes good things happen when we just continue to show up. When we continue to be there for that person who needs needs a little more Christ in their life, mm-hmm. sometimes us just showing up, we don't we, we show up a dozen times and never have a real opportunity to have an impact on them. Right. But on that thirteenth time, we have the opportunity to have yeah. an impact. And um, just showing up and and being ready when the time comes can be crazy important. Yeah, absolutely. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you're looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. Okay, so every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this week, how about this? It is a positive addiction. Yeah, great. I thought about this for a long time. I remember back when I was in high school, my high school coach, he had a whole library of running books. But in in amongst his running books, he had this book called Positive Addiction. Mm -hmm. And I read that book and it was fascinating um, because there's all sorts of addictions, obviously. Yeah. Many of them 
really super negative and really destructive yeah. and really bad for us. But running is one of those things where can we take it too far and be too addicted to running? Yes, yeah. we can. We can. But for the most part, having an addiction to running is way better for you than having an addiction to a drug or to alcohol or to other things that can be really, really destructive to us because we're actually doing something for ourselves that's good for us. And so right. I've seen a number of, I've got a couple of friends who uh, who were alcoholics and had a, a big time struggle with alcohol yeah. and became runners and that running replaced the alcohol. Yeah. Um, when I was in the Navy, we had a, uh, on board ship, we had a Marine Corps detachment handled security and we had a uh, first sergeant first sergeant mendez and mendez uh, first sergeant mendez had invited a lot of uh people with the marines to go out on runs uh during the day and it changed a lot of attitudes uh hmm. on board ship of course one of the fun things was is when he had the uh when he had those runs on the flight deck when we were out at sea, suddenly it's like you're running and all of a sudden, wow, where'd that hill come from? You know, because we did a wave or something like that. I mean, I didn't think aircraft carriers could dance around on the water like that. They do. Uh, they, you know? I imagine. So. Wow, that's interesting. Well, so do you pay any attention to professional running? I do from time to time, like during the world championships, I'll watch a lot of it. Uh, if I can see, uh, you know, some of the large, you know, some of the bigger marathons like the New York marathon. Yeah. Uh, the day I had my heart MRI during my testimony, it was like when I first got out of there, the first thing I did was I went out and tried to find a TV set that had the Boston marathon on. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So was. do you have any favorites like athletes or? No, I don't. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I used to root for, um, different athletes for some reason, you know, it's like if a good example of 400 intermediate hurdles back in the seventies, the, the guy to cheer for was Edwin Moses because yeah. the guy never lost. Yeah. But you know, it's like these days when I watch a race, it's like, I'm really not cheering for anybody because, uh, when they crossed the finish line with that time, it was like, that's awesome. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, um, Plugged or unplugged? Do you like to listen to music when you run, podcasts or anything like that, or do you like to just just be with your thoughts? I do, I do it all the same way. Uh, I, I, usually, it's plugged if I'm running a long distance. You know, like if I'm going anything over ten miles, I'm plugged up. Yeah. Uh, if I'm doing um, my hill or my tempo runs, I'll stay unplugged for the most part. Yeah. Um, That's good. Or I'll listen. You know, you know, it's like I usually listen to the podcasts. Uh, when I've got time to sit there and just listen to them, yeah, you know, especially especially Run for God podcasts, I've got to I've got to sit there and pay attention because if I don't, I'll miss something. <laughs> well, how many days a week do you like to run? I run five days a week. Okay. Um, usually, the only uh, days I don't run uh, are Fridays and Sundays. Okay, and then do a long run on Saturday. Do a long run on Saturday get my uh you know get my rest on sunday and then monday morning start all over again yeah yeah so. well good uh, well we are we already talked about your your diet but is there uh is there a particular like pre-race meal or anything like that that you have a go-to for yeah i usually like going with a six inch sirloin yeah. with uh, a little bit of rice and broccoli okay and that 
That gets me through. Matter of fact, uh, it seems like I have better times every time I have that meal. (laughs) Well, good, good. Any like supplementation? Do you take vitamins or supplements or anything like that? I do take a multivitamin now. Now, during the COVID pandemic, and I think this is what ended up with my sepsis and all this stuff, I was taking uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, zinc, picolinate, and a probiotic. And I was taking all of them every day. And I think that's what the problem was with my kidney stones. Because once we got through all that, they they did a 24-hour urine specimen on me. And they found really high elevated levels of calcium. So we went back and looked through uh, what it was that could have possibly caused it. And it turned out it was probably the vitamin D because one of the side effects is is it can cause a lot of calcification. Huh. So I quit taking the vitamin D and just went to a multivitamin, and everything seems to turn out pretty well right now. Well, good. good. Yeah. Well, we're all different. I mean, yeah. because I take, I mean, I take a good bit of vitamin D and vitamin C. Mm-hmm. I take, I, I take zinc. I take iron. I take yeah. uh, magnesium. I take potassium. Mm-hmm. I take uh, what else? Seems like there's. Well, I, I could take a sinus medication. Yeah, but I take all that at one time. Right, all, all, all at the same time, every single day, and um, it never never seems to be a problem. Matter of fact, if I don't take it, yeah. well, the main thing that that I notice if I don't take it is my sinus stuff. I take some, I say take Zyrtec, and yeah. if I don't take it, I, I can tell. Well, it, it, the other thing is, is where I live, we've got really really hard water. Yeah, um, does that make a know, difference? Yeah, it does because it's like you're living like it's like where I live in East Tennessee. Uh, there are zinc mines all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of minerals so you get floating a lot around. Of zinc in your yeah. water. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Epsom salt, ice, or neither bath. Neither. No. Neither. It's okay. like I, you know, it's like I seem to enjoy the pain. I like waking up knowing <laughs> I'm still. And if I feel myself hurting, it's like I know I'm still alive. It's a good day. So, uh, good stuff. I like to do a lot of stretching after a run. So yeah. Oh, good. And that good. helps. That's good um you like to run with people by yourself do you have a preference i'm a loner i'm a loner um you know and that's because i get up so early in the morning and go run yeah uh but i think what i'm gonna start doing now is on i'm gonna have to start looking for a running buddy on saturdays because it seems like my times are kind of plateauing right now yeah and i'd like to get like to get some help out of that yeah so yeah always good to find Mm -hmm. somebody if you can especially for those long runs yeah um, so what do you think it means to listen to your body? I like to ask that question. Listening to your body, it's real important, you know, because it's like, you know, listening to your body is the most important thing because if you know there's something that doesn't feel exactly right, you got to pay attention to it more often, you know. Uh, so do you react to it right away or is that, how, how do you, how do you look at that? Most of the time when I react to it, it's like, um, I'll just try and slow myself down a little bit or try and regulate my pace a little bit better at first. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like to react to them right away because it may be just a momentary thing and it may go away. Mm-hmm. Then again, it may be like the men's marathon on the world championships this year where the Mongolian runner got out really, really too far out and he tore a hamstring at 10 K. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I try not to, I know where the soreness is and where the injuries come. Yeah. So it's like, I know one of the things that, I, you know, if I twang a hamstring, yeah, I, I am going to slow it down quite yeah. a bit. Now, if it's like a sore calf or something like that, 
I'm going to keep powering through it. It really depends on everybody's body's different and, and learning enough about your own body to, to know what to pay yeah. attention to and what not to. Yeah, and recently, you know, it's like I said, it's not the legs and it's not my heart that's causing the problem right now. It's the lungs. <laughs> uh, you know, if I crap out, you know, it's like I got to stop for a minute and get myself, you know, because of the humidity, give myself yeah. a chance to rest before I do something even more crazy. Yeah. So. So do you record your runs or not? Do you, you big, They're all on my cell phone. Yeah, you got them, got them all. Yeah. And, uh, Garmin Connect, I guess? Strava? Uh, both? Uh, I actually use Nike Run Club. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because I don't have a Garmin. Okay. Uh, and when I tried using Strava, it was kind of like driving a German car. I didn't know which knob or button to hit. Huh. And it was kind of a surprise. So I just stayed with uh, Nike Run Club. It's really easy uh, yeah. to use. All you have to do is when you go in, uh, you know, first of all, choose what shoe you're using, whether or not you want to record the run in uh, miles or kilometers. I always use kilometers because it's a lot easier to keep up that way. Yeah. And you can set it up for different ways, uh, yeah. you know, different configurations. Like for on my long runs right now or on races, I set myself a cutoff time. And... I say, okay, I'm going to try and cover this much mileage in X amount of time. And what I do is when I finish the run or when I hit that cutoff time, uh, if I don't make the cutoff time, what I do is I just stop the run there and then I just slow jog the rest of it back out. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of like kind of like a reverse farklet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's, that's interesting. All right. Well, how about a trivia question for this next week? Um, Our trivia question is this. How many calories does running burn? You know, for a lot of of people, well, I'm not going to say. How many calories does running burn? That's a a good question and one that's worth researching. So if Mm -hmm. you're the first person that has an answer to that question, um, send that to Dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to get that answer to me, then you're going to win $20 off in the Run For God store. So um, Dean at runforgod.com. All right. I'm going to leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Tina Fey. <laughs> I thought it'd be appropriate to find a comedian to end this one on oh, yeah. this, this podcast. So <laughs> she said, you can't be that kid standing at the top of the water a water slide overthinking it you have to go down the chute <laughs> we've all seen that kid right yeah I mean, exactly yeah yeah it's like go ahead kid take the take this take the step it's just just do it yeah just do it we, we we overthink so much yes whatever it is you're thinking i don't know if i can do it well try it try, just take the first step and try it and if you can't do it then you can't do it but you'll never know right until you try it, exactly right? yep Go ahead and do whatever it is. And if you're afraid of it, eat even more. Go you might just it. overcome it. Yeah, and you might find out it's really fun. Yeah. Yep, right. All right, well, David, we certainly appreciate you coming and sharing your time with us, your testimony, and your journey. And um, like we always say, everybody's journey is different. Yours is definitely different than, yeah. than most people's. And uh, But one that we can all take something from. So we appreciate your willingness to come. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, folks, until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.